0: In the holy name of Jesus, amen. In our neighborhood in Milwaukee, there was a house that was completely run down. The roof was sloping and caving in. The garage was pretty much a total loss. Windows were broken and boarded up by vandals. Doors and other things were barely hanging on to their hinges. Sidewalk was cracked. The yard was messed up. It was in a good neighborhood. Lots of people had commented about how it would just be okay to go ahead and demolish the house and start over. It was ignored by most. Others felt it was a complete loss. This house, though, was discovered by a builder who saw something different. He saw a historic house that was in an older neighborhood. He saw a house that could possibly be restored. While everybody else looked at it and said it's nothing but meant to be destroyed, he saw something greater. And so he got to work. He bought the house. He repaired it. He restored it. He made it look very much like it had been at the turn of the century kept little glimpses of the history involved with the house, but also made it completely new on the inside. He saw that that house could host a family. It could have children, it could be a part of the neighborhood. He saw the house for what it used to be and what it could be. The house was restored with respect to the past, not looking different originally, but made and completely restored to modern reasons and establishments. He moved in his young family and lived there for three years, and later he sold the house to a family of six who moved from California to Milwaukee. Do the math. The house had been run down, it was tired, it was beaten by the harsh, harsh winters Of Milwaukee. It had been beaten down by the terrible case of people not taking care of it. It had been beaten down by others trying to tear it down, trying to vandalize it. Everyone around it looked at it as a total loss, but someone looked at it for what he thought it could be. He cared for it. He took the time and the energy and love and it was a lot of love, and work, and energy, and he restored it. Why am I getting into all of this here today? This is how Jesus sees you as the church. You are his house, you are his temple. When the world looks at you, the world looks at the church as run down, gutted out, Old-fashioned, not relevant, not up with modern times. And maybe you feel that way too as you look at the life of your church. Maintenance has been a drain on us. We have a very old building and it costs money. The pews might be a little emptier today. The finances might give us some worry about where we're at. Maybe you feel like we're a bit of a dilapidated congregation. Maybe the foundations are cracking a little bit. The fixtures of people who long had been here before are either not with us, or maybe the long standing fixtures are themselves physically and mentally falling apart. You, as the congregation, have gone through the wear and tear of the years not just physically, but spiritually as well. You've encountered not only the spiritual disaster of our communities and our world today with its completely anti-Christian mentality, but you've also experienced the wars and rumors of the wars for well over 80 years. The worries and thoughts about loved ones going over to seas and places not known putting their lives on the line and even going to some of the funerals maybe for those who lost their life. You have maybe seen the wear and tear in the congregation of those who were offended, those who no longer attend, the loved ones who have gone and moved away, no longer attending church, no matter what church it might be, You've seen the wear and tear and the mourning and the pain of those who have deceased from this place, who have gone on to eternal life with Christ. You've scratched your heads and said, where are these people post-COVID? Why did they transfer out maybe to another place? I mean, we used to be so well, so well-established The fixtures seem to be working well. Why can't it be like the good old days, the good old programs? Maybe why can't the pastor be like some of our previous pastors? Why can't some of our leaders lead maybe with the dedication of previous leaders that are now gone? That's maybe how we view the church. But then there's you and me beat down by the world, beat down by family members and friends, broken and weakened, ashamed and guilty of our sin and our constant sin and our wanting to hold on to those things that tell us in our conscience that you should not be doing this, I should not be doing this. Being reminded that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, damaged lives, addictions, painful memories, lost relationships, mourning the loss of spouses and parents and even children. The church and you and me seems to be decaying before our very eyes, much like that house. Just like the world, it seems to be getting worse as we suffer the weather and the fury of all of the world that we live in today and that you and I have added to it. We catch ourselves thinking, just be better to change things. To maybe tear it all down, to start over, to rebuild our lives, to repair it. Or someday, maybe someday, things will get back to the way it was. The way it used to be. Maybe gas will be a dollar fifty someday. But no. I hate to say it, I don't think it's going to get any better, nor should you expect it. Beaten, worn down, tired, damaged, and broken lives and church. But that is not what Jesus sees in you. Be reminded what Jesus says, Behold, I make all things new on the mount of olives here today it might seem a little bit odd that jesus is talking about the beatitudes in the context of all saints day i mean why can't we talk a little bit about something where jesus goes to prepare a place for our loved ones and that you'll be there with them someday but jesus sees on the mount of beatitudes people who are tired and weary and damaged. Tired of the religious Pharisees and scribes who constantly were bombarding them with all of the regulations that they had made up. God is not going to be pleased with you if you act like this or do this. Better get in line. Better be a better Christian. Better be a better follower of God. They were tired because they knew in their heart of hearts they couldn't. Jesus saw people wearied by oppression, by their own sin, by their shame, their guilt, the things that people might constantly remind them of what they had done in the past, and then the present sins that they had committed as well. They were riddled with guilty consciences, never seeming to get things right, worried and concerned about the future, Worried whether or not their loved ones even love them, let alone maybe even God cares a rip about them. But that's not what he saw on the Mount of Beatitudes. And that's not what he sees when he looks at you. He doesn't see you as a dilapidated failure a weather-beaten, broken house tossed by the storms with foundations cracked. He doesn't look at you and say, your fixtures are old and falling apart. You don't look the way that I want you to look. You don't look like you're worth anything. He doesn't look at you as old and tarnished or as somebody who just needs to go away or be thrown away. He sees the multitude of the blessed. He sees the Father's house in heaven, but also here on earth. He sees the blessed saints with you as saints, all the saints. That's why all saints is not just about those who had gone on before us, but about you as well. He sees you as the builder, as the craftsman, as somebody who looks at you with great value. After all, every last one of you was created in his image and likeness. Every last one of you was knitted in your mother's womb every last one of you is the apple of his eye precious in his sight no matter what the world might think of you online or in person he sees you as his body his temple and he is building you and me up into a spiritual house whose foundation is himself. And the walls and the rafters are the apostles and the prophets. He comes to make us new. He comes to us so that he may have his home with us and with the Father. If anyone loves me, he will cling to my word, and my Father and I will love him, and we will come to him and we will make our home with him. That happened in your baptism. Jesus making you new. You are now holy, innocent, righteous, blameless in his sight. He looked beyond all of the sin and the destruction that you have caused and that others have caused against you. He looked at you for who you are, a prized, valuable possession. He looked beyond all of the ways of beating ourselves down and everything else that has been done to us, and He looked upon you as His prize, not only His home but also His bride. In holy baptism, you are now a holy dwelling for the divine holy trinity. You are given the sacred bond of peace, love, and joy between the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And it means nothing more than today that you are blessed, no matter what you face. That is what the kingdom of heaven is in your midst. The Beatitudes today have been abused by Christians. They have called them the Beatitudes. As if you want to mourn, you want to thirst and hunger for righteousness' sake as if you now must do these things. The Beatitudes are not a list of what you need to do to be blessed. These Beatitudes describe you when the world around you and with you goes to hell in a handbasket. You are blessed. Poor in spirit, hungry, thirsty, persecuted, mourning, You are blessed. We are comforted from the burden of sin and shame by the promise of what Jesus says to you each and every day. You are forgiven. You are restored. You are cleansed by my blood. The new heavens and the new earth, whose king reigns with righteousness and purity forever, is right here now on earth as it is in heaven with all of the loved ones who've gone on before us. Here the righteousness of Christ cleanses you of all of your sin and satisfies your needs and wants for a clean conscience. Here you receive the divine mercy from our divine friend and brother, the divine builder who purifies your hearts so that you may see God face to face. Here you are not called sinner or God-hater. Here you are called sons of God For here the peace of God reigns by the blood of Jesus Christ, who is the peacemaker between you and God. This place is where Jesus sees you and looks out on the multitude gathered here before him, and he sees you as the company of the blessed, connected with the blessed in his sight in heaven, connected by the communion of the saints. We see dimly, they see clearly. We are built on the foundation of Jesus Christ. They have been built on the foundation of Jesus Christ, living Him, with him in righteousness and purity forever. We are here going through the great tribulation, going through all the trials and temptations of messing up our lives and people messing up our lives. They have now rest and peace and tears wiped away by the Son of God, but you are not alone. In a few moments, you will sing, Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, have mercy on us. And He does. And he will, all for you. He sees you as his glorious house that he has rebuilt for himself. And that's how we should view the church as well. This place, called, gathered, and enlightened around Christ's gift. Dietrich Bonhoeffer said it well. It is not we who build. Christ builds the church. No man builds the church but Christ alone. Whoever is minded to build the church is surely well on the way to destroying it. For he will build a temple to idols without wishing or knowing it. We must confess, he builds. We must proclaim, he builds we must pray that he may build. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. You are the fixtures. Your heavenly Father loves you so much that he sent his Son who cares about you, who cares about forgiving your past, your present sins, and who will guard you and guide you into the future just as it was for the saints of old. For Christ Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he's not done. He continues to work in and with you, for you. And he continues to keep this place open so that others may be rebuilt and restored by his blood as well. He forgives sins, but also teaches the righteousness of faith by giving you his spirit, the mind of Christ, the ability to reject evil and choosing good, the ability to not live for yourself, but to live for your neighbor who is in need of you forgiving and building them up as well. He fills you today with the joy of angels who rejoice over every sinner who confesses. But even more so, he prepares a place for you so that when he is finished building on earth, he would come and take you to where he is in the company of all of the saints who've gone on before us. Rejoice. You may be beaten down by sin. You may feel frail, depressed, reviled, or rejected by so many. But because of God's saving work through Jesus Christ, because of the Holy Spirit's devotion to Jesus with you and in through you today, your reward is great in heaven. He has built you up on his foundation and here is your reward today blessed are you the saints of god who are now the holy temple of god who have eternal life in the son of god for your sake to christ alone be the glory forever and ever amen